What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Uh, yeah, I hope everybody's doing well out there. I uh, hope everybody had a great weekend. It's uh, Sunday night. And uh, a couple funny things that happened uh, during the weekend before I jump into what we're going to talk about here. Uh, <laughs> Holly and I took uh, Becky out to the park, and we hauled, hauled along probably about 10 or so pumpkins because uh, we didn't get to make it to a pumpkin patch this year. We wanted to take some pictures of them. Well, he's still young, and so uh, Atticus was helping out at the, at the church all day, so we took Beckett to the park, and uh, man, walked all over the place to find just the right spot to set up and all that, and probably took over 200 pictures, <laughs> try to get uh, try to get the right one and everything, and that uh, worked out pretty good but um yeah at the end what's kind of funny is uh before we left the park we're like okay let's uh go to the playground so we we bring Beckett to the playground I'm sitting down with our stuff and you know Holly's going through the you know little play structures with Beckett and uh you know so I'm on the bench there and you know this uh, kid probably about eight years old he comes up and uh sits down just plops down right next to me uncomfortably close and uh, the uh, there, uh, Beckett's uh, sippy cup, a little bottle, was like right in between us. And he keeps looking at Beckett's bottle. And he goes, whose drink is this? I go, well, uh, that's my son's. And he goes, oh. And then he runs off and plays again. I go, hmm. That was kind of strange. And then... Uh, about two minutes later, he comes back up and uh, sits down again, still a little too close, and because uh, <laughs> I have no idea who the kid is, and uh, he uh, he puts his hand between me and the bottle, and he tells me this is a man's drink, and he grabs Beckett's bottle and starts chugging it. <laughs> his uh, his dad yells out to him, Nathaniel, stop that! Put that drink down! That's not yours. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I was kind of shocked. And so, uh, you know, he goes over to, to the kid and uh, says, uh, you need to put that down right now. And he goes, but no, I'm thirsty. And, uh, and so he says, if you don't, uh, we're going to go back to the camp over here. And the kid just goes, Wah! like screams really loud. And that was it. <laughs> and uh, I was kind of shocked by the whole thing. I didn't really expect that to be part of the uh end of our trip there uh and it wasn't until several minutes later that i started thinking about it a kid that i have no idea who it is went over to me and said this is a man's drink and starts drinking out of my son's bottle <laughs> so needless to say we washed it off and uh, you know didn't let beckett drink from it again but anyway it's kind of a funny little story uh but anyway uh <laughs> it's kind of a I have like no way to to make a segue into that into what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh so I'll just kind of kind of break away from there and tell you uh but yeah basically what we're going to talk about tonight is uh uh just really kind of finding joy in the lower to mid end cards and not just that but uh understanding where the peak of joy is in getting these cards and trying to find or stay in that uh in that zone for as long as possible that might sound kind of weird but let me give you an example and so i've kind of uh used myself as a guinea pig on this uh before it's been kind of fun um so a number of years ago i actually created a little bit of a graph uh that shows like tries to take the uh 
uh, the feelings that we as collectors have throughout the process of uh, searching for, finding, and capturing, and having uh, the card of our dreams or a card that we just really want or whatever. And so it starts off with, uh, you know, having, you know, mid to high kind of uh, searching for something. And then the, the peak is almost when you find something and right when you make that deal. And so uh, when you're able to find it, find a card that you want and pull the trigger and uh, that's kind of, at least for me a lot of times, is where the absolute peak is for many cards that I have. And, uh, you know, once you find it and it's not even in your possession, um, for me personally, a lot of times I don't think the, the excitement can get any higher. Um, and then so when it finally comes in, you know, you're, you're satisfied, you're relieved, you know, it, made it home safe and sound and you're happy that's in your collection finally whether it's a you know massive card that you've been searching for years or just a card recently that you realize that's kind of cool you know so i want to add to my collection uh but eventually um the joy the excitement i guess you could you could call it um isn't there it can't be there anymore uh from for the most part for many cards when it comes to you actually uh comparing your feelings, your emotions that you have for a card that you've held for six months or six years or whatever, uh, as opposed to uh, something that you just found that's brand new. Um, so, uh, and this is kind of where, uh, you know, kind of what I've done is, you know, as you know, I've documented this very frequently and very uh, at length, very much so, uh, over the past several years, I've bought and sold and bought and sold and bought and sold so i've sold uh you know 2018 basically everything i bought back the things i thought were truly uh interesting to me and then uh i noticed i was getting a little bit more fluff like uh i'd find some cards and i'd say oh i really love these but if i have these and makes sense for me to have these is a necessary evil as well so i get a few other different types of cards and go oh this is kind of cool too and then Eventually, it was bloated again to, of course, not anywhere near what I had before, uh, but it was bloated to the point where it's like, there's a lot of cards I just didn't really care about too much. And I was thinking, you know, I would really like for this money to be in cards that I really do care about. So I ended up selling the majority of them where, again, where, uh, you know, at this point, I'm really kind of at about 200 cards, for Conseco that is. And, uh, you know, I don't really... Uh, I just don't really buy many anymore. Uh, I've gotten rid of a lot of the cards I thought were really cool, um, but they're just not rare. Um, so the, the vast majority of the cards I have now are, you know, definitely, you know, a lot, you know, higher tier than your run-of-the-mill cards that are offered today. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but things kind of changed, and uh, what I noticed, uh, or what I found uh, recently online is my friend John D. He is a, uh, I don't, I'll say John D. I don't know if he wants me to say his last name or not, but anyway, yeah, he, uh, he collects Kinseiko as well. I've, I've sold a lot of Kinseiko cards to him. He's, uh, he's collected for a long time also. In fact, he is the guy, I think, that bought my first card that I had for sale publicly uh, in my collection back in 2018. So, you know, we've, we've uh, forged a friendship through, uh, through this uh, over the past few years, and it's been great to just talk to you know about baseball baseball cards and otherwise but um anyway so he had 
this idea to go on Facebook and just start posting pictures that I've seen done before, but you know, I don't think anybody as far as Conseco stuff goes that's done this. Or shoot, I don't know. Maybe I've done it in the past. I don't remember, but anyway, as far as I remember, I think he's the only one that's done this for Conseco cards. So he had a lot of uh, inventory for me uh, selling to him and other people in the past as well that he wanted to move. So uh, he takes a picture of every single card and posts them in this long continuous thread along with the price of everything. And you know, it's kind of funny because uh, <laughs> it kind of gets me in the, in the feels whenever I see some of these because I'm like, oh man, I remember this card. Oh, I remember that card. So he's, and I, I wasn't paying attention like in real time a whole lot uh, at, the, at the very beginning. It's taking a while. Nope. There's a reason I sold them and that's that. You know, I, I have no uh, reason to go back to, uh, to anything. And then so he starts posting a few. I'm like, oh man, that hurts. I wish I could have gotten that one. Oh man, that was a good one too. <laughs> and so uh, eventually, uh, like one of them was a uh, 1999 Pacific Prism holographic purple. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it was like numbered out of 199 or 299. They hardly ever show up. Um, but uh, in any event, I uh, saw that he sold one and that was probably the first one where I was like, man, that sucks. I wish I was able to pull the trigger on that one, even though that makes absolutely no sense for my collection. I don't have any $4, you know, Kinsaker cards in my collection uh, anymore. But I was thinking, man, it's such a nice, uh, nice card. Oh, well, that's okay. I'll, you know, forget it. And then, you know, this uh, Pacific uh, die cut uh, sells. You know, oh, man, that hurts too. Well, later on in his sale, he has another holographic uh, purple prism. I go, okay, I'm going to get it. So I end up getting it. <laughs> and it's kind of funny how it snowballs because I start thinking about uh, how I love these Pacific prisms in particular. I don't really care too much for a whole lot of Pacific cards from the mid to late 90s and early 2000s. They had a boatload of parallels, um, you know, a lot of more mainly just... Uh, foil changes and a lot of them didn't really do a whole lot for me but but the 1999 and the 2000 pacific prisms uh they're all nice cards uh and there, there's like probably i don't know 10 15 20 parallels in these guys right but uh there's a couple of them in particular uh the holographic blue and the holographic purple that you know drive me crazy i just love those and so he had uh two of the three out of those and I go you know what uh, or maybe three of the four yeah three of the four I go you know what? I'm going to go for these here so I end up buying those and and it and he also had like a gold pacific uh prism from 95 or something and I remembered what I posted about a year ago I looked it up on online and it's really kind of one of the first pictures that I think I took of three cards together that really really popped like they're very rainbowy and I was like oh man I missed that. I wish I had those three. And again, these cards are, uh, you know, not like I think the most expensive one out of all of them was probably twenty or twenty-five dollars. I mean, not a they weren't like a big deal or anything. But altogether, uh, they look fabulous. And I think they're actually very undervalued. I think that uh, uh, with proper pictures and that sort of thing, I think that they can uh, they will go for quite a bit more. Uh, but in any event, I also picked up, I'm going to do a YouTube video on these 
whenever they come in as well because uh, they're they're worth it they're that worth it and uh, so uh, there's another one that was a 2003 tops black retired um, that is a very difficult to find card it's at 99 but uh, I think it might be the first year they offered uh, retired black, uh, the retired black set or something, and uh, it's just a phenomenal card. That was the highest one that I picked up uh, from them uh, over this weekend. It was at $40, but again, it was another thing where it was like 40 bucks I wasn't expecting to spend. Uh, and it was my card before, and I you know, got rid of it because I actually have the white refractor autograph version of it. So, uh, you know, it's the same picture, but... This one with the black uh, border is just really smooth. I mean, it's a real nice card. So, um, anyway, so I would, uh, uh, you know, I also got a uh, 2005 Absolute Memorabilia Reverse Spectrum. Uh, it's numbered out of 25. Real nice card, too. And that's one that, uh, that almost made the cut of me selling. But it's one of those I said, ah, okay, I'll just, I, I had it in the pile of keeping and I said, nope, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it go. Uh, and so, uh, you know, those two cars in particular, those are, were uh, that and the 2003 Topps Retired Black that I was just talking about, I would say were extremely uh, undervalued. I figured, you know, probably would like to, uh, you know, pick those up. I think the prices were just fabulous on them. So um, figures probably a good idea to, to grab those. Um, but in any event, so... There's a few others, uh, maybe I'll tell you about them as well, but uh, but my whole point is like there are some cards here uh, in the 97 Pacific, uh, I think it's a museum, or I'm sorry, Pinnacle Museum, if I remember correctly, it's got a Dufex gold background and um, you know, just some really, really nice looking cards like uh, that are, they're not like, except for the two that I just talked about, the Tops Black and the uh, reverse spectrum but the others are just not really uh impossible cards and you know they might show up every year or every couple years or something you know it just kind of really depends on what they are but in any event they were cards that i felt comfortable enough with to sell eventually because i knew that if i wanted them i could get them back later and here's what happens with those and i'll give you an example uh with this uh which one? The let me see. Let me try to land on one that's uh, that's really doing it for me. I'll say those Pacific Prisms. Um, you know, they're not really any standouts. They wouldn't have been standouts in my original Super Collection, really. Uh, they're just uh, you know boxes to, to you know to check off. But uh, the fact that I have bought and sold them multiple times now, I'm not talking just once, you know, but like I'm talking like two or three or four times on a lot of these and. Uh, the excitement that I have getting them back again puts me back up in that zone in the high spot on the graph that I did of uh, really being excited about these cards coming in. So, and, and that's not something that I could feel again unless I sold them uh, and bought them back. So if I still, if I had them in my box right now, I wouldn't be able to feel the high that I do right now getting them, if that makes sense. And so... You obviously want to be careful if you're planning on doing something like that. You don't want to do that with cards that like you really, really, really uh, love and care about. And, you know, that might not show up for another 20 years or something, right? So you got to be really careful. Uh, 
but if it's cards that you know that show up every year or two or something you know why not or every couple months rather you know like there's a uh, 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 much less rare card uh, which is the uh, 2000 Stadium Club I think it's called Triumvirate or maybe 3x3 three three. Um, I think it's uh, Canseco's uh, uh, first uh, die cut refractor and uh, beautiful card beautiful die cut work or laser cut work or whatever they did and uh, you know it's readily available um, to people like you can go to Comp C and get one uh, I think they have three flavors of it there's uh, uh, what is it luminous uh, illuminate and something else so there's like one that's not shiny one that's a refractor and one that's like an atomic refractor and uh, for me the one that shines the best is the one that's the refractor so the middle of the road one um, that's why i wanted to get so i don't know i think i picked it up for six or seven bucks or something and you probably pick them up for you know three or four or five bucks now on comsi but uh uh, again, one of those cards I think is just undervalued. There's a, it's very, very beautiful. And it's a card that I remember uh, a couple years ago coming back from a meeting thinking, you know, I would like to get one of those cards again. And, you know, thinking, you know, not knowing how rare or common they are. It's like, oh, man, I hope we can find it. And I was able to find one, like, almost immediately and just being super happy about it. Like, over a $5 card. I mean, you know, and uh, having that that high feeling, the excited feeling over a $5 card again, that again, if I had just kept it, I wouldn't have felt it, you know, for, you know, three times now. Uh, and uh, I think that might be part of what keeps the hobby uh, exciting for me, is I'm able to go through this with multiple cards over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, you just never, for me at least, I never really lose the appreciation or excitement of, uh, being able to land the same card as I had before previously. I'd actually would like to see a record of, like what the record holder is for me, as far as uh, selling, buying back, selling, buying back uh, any particular card. Uh, it was kind of, uh, kind of funny, but you know, that's, uh, I think there's like a, uh, a saying that people say, they're like, oh man, he trades, uh, you know, whatever, like he trades baseball cards, you know? Well, that's kind of how it is for me. Like baseball cards are what I trade like baseball cards. <laughs> There's a lot of people that, you know, they'll either get a card once and keep it or get a card once and sell it and not get it back. And, you know, that's not me. I, I love doing it back and forth all the time. And so it's again about, you know, pushing you into that zone where you're like, most excited about something and so it also adds more to the story of each card as well uh, which is great you know you want to be able to um, to add history and story behind a card and you know how you might have gotten rid of it and brought it back and you know what kind of trades were involved uh, you know that sort of thing now the problem is a lot of times as well is and this is a little bit of what I'm running into unfortunately is some of the cards and this is really kind of just you know, par for the course, I guess, but uh, some of these cards I'd like to get back now have, guess what, have increased in value. And so it's going to cost me more money uh, to get back than I actually uh, sold them for. And, uh, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, you win sometimes, you lose sometimes, but the pandemic definitely didn't help. Uh, the refractor card prices are on the rise, or at least they, they were. You know, I don't know where they're at now because I haven't really been paying attention. 
uh, you know, John's uh, uh, sale that he did on Facebook really kind of caught me by surprise. I was not expecting to get any. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's been a while uh, since I picked up any cards uh, at all. And uh, so, you know, like I said, when I noticed I uh, there was one that I wanted, and I go, well, it's my snowball, and sure enough, it did. <laughs> it snowballed into, you know, probably six, seven, eight cards. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun because it's like uh, I look forward uh, to getting these again for the first time. Uh, as if it was the first time I've ever gotten them before. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's a, that might be a fun little exercise for you. I'll, I'll try to, I'm going to try to remember uh, and go through a list of these. So uh, if you all want to write these down, if you're, you know, sitting at your computer or whatever, and you want to write down, look up a few of these cards that are just like, you know, out of this world, look, you know, looking just beautiful, uh, you know, this might help you. So number one, uh, look up 1999 Pacific Prism. I think they spell it P-R-I-S-M as opposed to Pinini uh, spelling it P-R-I-Z-M these days. Um, particularly the holographic purple and holographic blue. Um, that, those are my favorites anyway. Uh, your mileage may vary. You want to check out 2000 Pacific Prism as well. Um, and uh, those are real nice. Same thing, my favorites are, you know, the holographic blue and holographic purple. Um, there's a 1995 Pacific Prism Gold. I think they didn't do a rainbow of this. There's just like one, one type of card that's real nice. Um, 1997 Pinnacle. Uh, I don't know if it's called New Pinnacle or not, but look around in 97 Pinnacle. There are some that have... Uh, I don't, I don't know if I can describe, if I could appropriately describe what the Dufex technology is, but in any event, there are some of these that are, uh, that have like this nice kind of etched foil backgrounds that are in full red or blue or gold or green. Um, that's another good uh, set for you all to take a look at uh, if you're looking at something that's fairly inexpensive, but like we'll just really kind of you know, drop your jaw. Um, those are real nice too. Um, let me see if I can think of any else. There's a 98 Donra Signature Series, I think. Uh, and I believe, I don't even remember what they're numbered to, but there's blue holographic foil borders on the left and right. And those are, those are real nice. I'm probably gonna try to look for a Kinseiko, uh one of those again. Um, there's also a 98 score. Um, I don't know if it's exclusive to rookie or trader, rookie and trader or not, but there's a, uh, I want to say an artist proof and it's got a real nice holographic background that looks like stars or something. They look great. Um, you gotta, you gotta be careful by looking in these, uh, pictures because sometimes pictures won't show them well. Um, but, you know, absolutely worth uh, taking a look at, too. They're real nice-looking cards. Uh, if you're familiar with the uh, 2000 Skybox uh, Star Rubies Extreme, I think it is. I think they use the same type of uh, background, uh, uh, foil background, which is really great. 
Um, let me see if I can think of anything else before I let you go here because there's a number of them. I'll probably have to do either a YouTube video or an article or both um, on you know a, a list of cards that are in the kind of low to mid end that aren't impossible but they do show up every now and then uh, that are some of my favorites and they're affordable because uh, I think that a lot of people would love to be able to see that and know what to look out for when it comes to some of their favorite players because uh, there's a lot of cards out there from like you know the 90s and 2000s that are just drop dead gorgeous that won't break the bank you know and uh, uh, you know I, I love putting together top 10 cards in my collection or top 20 or whatever but they're all one of ones and prototypes don't really it doesn't really help anybody you know so that's kind of it's kind of what I'm getting at like I don't want to say you know oh look hey check out all these uh, uh red crusades and you know the the pmgs and and all this because like those cards are you know unicorns and not everybody can get unicorns and uh you know so i <laughs> this hobby is not meant just for people that can spend a whole lot of time and money uh searching for these uh for these unicorns you know there's a whole lot more joy that can be found with these low to mid-end cards uh, and you can be excited about them. Um, they're just so fun to capture and, you know, it doesn't hurt if you miss them because, you know, there's going to be another one just around the corner, uh, whether that's uh, a week from now or a year from now, you know. So, uh, uh, yeah, I might just do something like that. But for then, for now, just, you know, check out some of those and uh, uh, see what you come up with. By the way, I also love the uh, early 90s ultra uh, inserts like the uh, home run kings and strikeout leaders and there's so many cool cards out there just go online and start looking you know start looking at what inserts there are out there i think there's going to be a lot out there that uh that just really kind of knock your socks off um you know to get even more uh common the 93 i use collection i think that's how you pronounce it uh it's i o o s s or something I don't remember how to pronounce or how to spell it or pronounce it actually, <laughs> but you know, take a look at that. They're beautiful cards. They're very, uh, very cheap, but uh, you know, just really nice looking. So, um, anyway, so with all that said, you know, I guess uh, you know, I do wish you the best of luck in hunting uh, some of these cool cards out there. I know you're gonna have a blast, uh, and uh, yeah, feel free to post up what you have, uh, what you get, and uh, oh, one more time, I'm going to also plug. Uh, what I the service that I offer, which is uh, custom cards that I create for uh, people's friends, family members, and themselves uh, with cut relics or signatures. Uh, I think that's probably going to be a great idea for a lot of people when it comes to Christmas uh, gifts. I think that would knock some people's socks off. So uh, if you're interested, hit me up on Twitter at TanManBBFan or email TanManBaseballFan at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, let's uh, see what we can come up with together. Thanks for listening as always. I hope you all have a great rest of your evening.